Hello and welcome to Talk the Line. This is the podcast where we talk to our favourite people from music about something that they are passionate about. And this week we're talking to Paul Banks from New York's dark post-punk indie rock, let's face it, legends, Interpol, about the sport of boxing. This was recorded earlier this summer during a World Cup fixture. I think it was England versus Belgium. And that is where the conversation kicks off. You a soccer player? No, no. I was school goalkeeper. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I like I like it. I like the World Cup. It's exciting. And the Euros. But I have done boxing. I really really enjoy boxing. Yeah. I think that's we're talking about your kind of experiences in actually boxing. Are you more a boxer than a like fan of watching it? Oh. Or is it sort of a both? Um both, yeah. I'm, okay. I mean, I became a fan of watching it after I started boxing. Okay. When did you start boxing? It's probably almost eight years ago. Okay, cool. So not like a young, not like a young scene. I wish. I wish. I, th- I think it could have been a contender. <laughs> How things could have been different. I was not. I had this conversation with my trainer. I've, if you'd have come in when you were fifteen, you know, with. And I, I kind of thought when I was a kid, I've always loved athletics, but I never thought I could uh, be, um, you know, really go anywhere with any sports. I, yeah. I just didn't think I had it to to try and pursue it as a as a life. Uh, mm. And then music was like really the calling, so I just went that route. But and music discovering and fighting later in life, I kind of realized, fuck, maybe I should have if I'd have done this sooner. Oh. But then, I mean, I'd probably have repetitive concussive brain damage <laughs> by now and but I might be a lot wealthier. I don't know. You wouldn't know. have as nicer ears. Well, that's that's not that's MMA that you get the fucked up ears. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. That's because that's from that's from like grappling and rugby. No, it's it's uh. when rugby players and MMA fighters. Okay. It's when you're I think uh, when you're in clenches, mm. like in boxing, it doesn't happen that you bust like up ears. Nose. Nose, yeah, you can fuck yeah. up your nose. I mean, you fuck up your brain. Yeah. Basically. Fair. But I heard soccer players have as much repetitive uh, concussive disorder, whatever. There's a, there's a term for repetitive concussive injuries to the brain. And I, I heard that footballers um, <laughs> get it get it as much, if not worse, than other athletes. And you never would have thought, but just the headers. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, watching some of the World Cup, how hard that ball... Because, I mean, the goalkeeper will kick oh. it up in the air and then they'll knock it forward with their heads i mean i remember seeing a kid in my high school who was just good at soccer and when he kicked a you know like a powerful yeah i mean i would not want to be hit in the face or the head by one of those no way i mean when they center it like it's not coming at that kind of velocity it's like (laughs) a goal shot is coming you know but yeah i guess the goalie might or when you're when you have to defend against a penalty kick yeah but But it's just i guess i guess a soccer ball is enough to you know jog the brain and then apparently they do have a pretty high rating ranking of but what's going to happen with sports if we start if we go all the way down to analyzing this as far as like what's going on with the nfl and they're kind of yeah talking about adjusting the helmets and stuff but like it's bad (laughs) if you keep (laughs) fucking up your brain like it gets real rough for you later in life and i feel like there's sports that like if it's true about football uh american football and european football Mm. I mean, the NFL, like, I don't know if that's going to keep going or if the sports will just stop at some point in the future when we really look at the science and kind of say, like, you're basically just going to get brain damage if you do this. Uh, are those sports really going to survive? I feel like 
combat sports might have a better chance of surviving because everybody always knew that that was part yeah. of it. But like, if you're a killer athlete in in the United States, you're probably going to go out for baseball before you go out for American football. Yeah, probably. But then also, I like the way that you're talking about the soccer players heading the ball, and you're like, oh, I wouldn't want to try that. But then you are boxing, which is. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I just suck at European football. And, <laughs> and it's more, I mean, that is, I guess that is a good point. But uh, so wait, I guess you can't, you can't swing back at the, at the soccer ball when it's coming at your face. Yeah. <laughs> you can't defend yourself with your hands. Yeah. But when did, so I guess, yeah, just sports and the, the touring musician's life don't exactly go hand in hand anyway. So it's, it's interesting to me that you discovered boxing further into your career rather than like grew up as, with it as something that you did as I a did, kind of recreational hobby. I did basketball and tennis my whole life. Those are those are the sports that I did since I was a kid. Uh, and then I always wanted to do some kind of fighting, but I just didn't. I guess my mom probably wasn't so keen to take me to those classes. But then again, maybe it was me. Because I remember as a kid I wanted to do karate, and I don't remember getting resistance from my parents, so maybe I just didn't get around to it. I don't know. By the time I was in college, I took some karate, and then I took uh, Krav Maga. And then I met a boxing trainer who's a former professional, and that was when I kind of realized, like, I hate, I hate classes full of people. Like, I hated studying karate and Krav Maga because it was just a classroom full of people and yeah. one instructor. And it's very structured as well, isn't it? It's very much like you have to do these repetitive things. Well, and I got to interact with other people, and I don't love doing that, and, you know... <laughs> So when I had like just one-on-one training with a professional boxer, that that was when I was like, oh, okay, at this I can because there's no wasted time as far as my my advancement is sort of I'm paying someone to just make me better at boxing, not part of a class where we you know it sort of has to be homogenized so that everyone's mm. moving up together. I, I really like the the once once I discovered one-on-one, and it wasn't that I wanted to do boxing; it was that my my then girlfriend was working with this particular trainer. And she introduced me to him, and then I just realized, like, ah, okay, one-on-one, this is a good learning dynamic for me. And this guy teaches boxing. So I guess boxing is the fighting style that I'm going to learn. Right. And so how did you start doing the classes? Do you do them in, like, a ring, or is it in, like, a gym, or do you do the outdoor stuff with the pads? Like, what was your first kind of taster? The first thing we did, uh, the first workout we did, I got so fucked up that I was, like, I got sick. I couldn't walk home, and then I think I w- got ill for a week. You couldn't could walk just home. My cra- I mean, I could, but barely. And then it crashed my immune system entirely. Really? Yeah, for a week, <laughs> I got fucked up. What? Well, what were you doing to your legs? Was it like kickboxing? I mean, I think it's more that I just was, you know, a lazy rocker up until that point. Oh and right, done, okay, yeah, yeah. I've been swimming and surfing for a few years at that point, but not. Not much surfing, and the swimming, I think, wasn't much for legs. Mm. So I didn't have the legs, and boxing is all legs. So I think I he just kind is, of punished me the first day. And I mean, I think he was... Then I remember early on, we we did the thing where he would get resistance bands and try and hold me back and say sprint. And <laughs> that was like his just getting a sense of what my explosive power was. Yeah. Uh, and then there was kind of... And what my speed was. And then you start doing just pads... Uh, and we just, I don't know, went from there. Well, it's, it's like a proper training regime. It's not just like, let's go down to the park and do a few like one, two, one, twos. It's not. No. No, no okay. I train like, I trained to like fight. Wow. So have you been in? I've sparred. Yeah. sparred, yeah. I'm 
the plan is to maybe do an amateur fight this year. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Have I'm you... obsessed. I get obsessed with stuff. Right. I mean, what's it like, though, what, with the first time in the ring? Like, it the first time? It's absolutely terrifying. Well, I mean, it's funny because you... Uh, sparring has etiquette, which is an interesting thing. So I think the more advanced you are, you can just get in and they call it like um, getting work, which is just like, you know, you as a, like uh, you train together with somebody. So mm. you're sparring and the idea isn't to like knock them out or hurt them uh, or embarrass anybody. It's just sort of like the both of you are working on your offense and your defense and right. you're throwing shots and like it's not. But do you it, throw shots with the aim to like hurt the other person? There's different, like some people, uh, I mean, there's hurt and then there's hurt. You know what I mean? There's like, yeah. there's intention and then there's a different kind of intention. So it do, it never feels good if they land a clean body shot. That always hurts a lot. Mm. And that doesn't even have to be with like evil intent. If someone gets you and you're not prepared with a body shot, that fucking hurts. We, we, we did a podcast with a guy called Koji Radical about MMA. And he was saying the ultimate punch is the liver punch. Yeah. <laughs> just takes your legs out. You just yeah. go straight down. That's it. Yeah. Over. That's when you see like in boxing matches, the guy doesn't get up after the 10 count. You see the, the winner is celebrating and the other guy is fully awake and conscious. Mm. But he can't stand up for like another 20 seconds. Wow. It's it hurts way more than a punch to the face. Because uh, I always thought if the if you wanted like a KO, you just had to go straight for the head. But I mean, a, a, you can KO, but not. I mean, you wouldn't even straight to the head. Probably wouldn't do it unless you get them right straight on the chin mm. and push their chin back. But like it's kind of like an angle where you snap their head. That's that's more likely to get a KO. Yeah. But then a body shot is another way to do it. So in sparring, you're not head hunting with full intent. Um, unless it's heavy sparring, which happens in like really hardcore gyms and anyone who's about to fight like a real fight, you might do some mm. heavy sparring and then it's like can get ugly. And it, I mean, it can always get ugly if people lose their cool. Yeah. But the idea isn't that every time you walk into a boxing ring with like the headgear on that you're there to like fuck somebody up. It's, it's a <laughs> lot just like, no, we're, we're practicing, you know. Yeah. So but the first, but then it is a little bit more dangerous when you're first starting because you don't really understand that protocol and you're just like afraid and you're in the ring with another so, like, a lot of my sparring would have been with um, much, much more advanced boxers who really know how to keep it real and not mm. hurt the guy who's learning. But it's also a great challenge for you to try and hit them because they're almost impossible to hit when you're starting. <laughs> but when it gets a little hairy is when you first start, you start sparring with someone who's at your level. So it's like a grown man who also doesn't really know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and then you don't even know how to not throw as hard like you fear yeah. sets in and adrenaline sets in so i ate like a really clean shot like right to the fucking nose my first time doing oh. that with a dude because both of us were just kind of like you know fear sets in and you're just going for it and yeah. like i just like walked right into this dude's right hand and it just like the fucking birds that they show in the cartoons <laughs> you know flying around and i had like some childhood emotion kind of came up from like yeah like i was like ooh, shit like what am i what am i doing here exactly like why am i here getting punched in the face but that's uh that's kind of i think a key learning part to boxing and then uh yeah that was the first time that it was kind of like wow yeah broke have you broken anything nah. well i've i've bruised a rib that i like a month after it, I went for an X-ray because I was convinced it was broken. But mm. it's just basically if you get if you get jacked in the lower in the floating rib, it'll just it hurts like it's broken for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh! And then with 
amateur fighting how does that work are there kind of like matches near where you live that you can just sign yourself up for or do you have to go through a certain um, selection process or? I mean I think th that's just within within the world like I train at a gym that is in Manhattan and there are pros that train there and there are like golden glove people that train there for the gram maybe yeah so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I love people boxing on Instagram <laughs> Snoop Dogg has started doing it now. Wiz Khalifa, <laughs> Justin Bieber. If Bieber sticks at it, he'll be nice. He's he's an athletic kid. Who would win you you versus Bieber? I don't think we're in the same weight class. <laughs> but he's a he's a good athlete. That yeah. that kid he can play basketball. I mean, when I saw his like Instagram stuff of boxing, he was like new to it. But he he could get there if he stayed with it. I mean, plus he was like training with fucking Floyd. <laughs> um what's your kind of favorite uh, combination what's your like go-to um hmm, I, I i like left body shots my lead my lead body shot like a cross it's a lead it's a lead hook yeah to the body left hook yeah nice but i also i'm i go southpaw now so that's also but actually my there's not a particular punch that works better for me in Southpaw, but conventional, it's the lead hook. Right, okay. But you were saying about what is it like uh, with amateur fights. So again, there is like a, I mean, I wouldn't do anything that's like all that, like I still, I don't want to, uh, hmm. I think there's like a hardcore way to do it and then there's like less hardcore ways to do it. So I'm not right. fully the financial district kind of poser, but I'm also <laughs> not like going up to Harlem and saying like, who wants to go? You yeah. Know? <laughs> Uh, so I think what could happen for someone like me at my age as well is like you can do like charity amateur events where they actually yeah. they do match you with someone who's roughly your experience level and your weight and then you you have to like pay into it because it's like mm -hmm. for cancer that's that's one thing that people and like, like me do crowd cheering you on I guess well because you got to like get people to I think it's like 10,000 bucks or some shit so whoever wow. it is that you're gonna hit up for that money I'm assuming they're gonna want to come see you get your ass kicked yeah. or <laughs> kick somebody's ass um so that's the kind of, but you know, you can't even go, you're not allowed to go pro after 35. So mm. however good you get, like the best yeah. you're going to do is sort of masters, amateur kind of fighting. Mm. But I have an interest to do that. Cool. And you have like all the, all the gear as well. Do you have the little shoes? The, like, They're not nice so little. They're not, yeah. What's that? They're not so little. Boxing oh, shoes are sorry. like. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you need I a lot of. I didn't mean to insinuate anything. Very small feet and hands. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, they get the, you need a lot of ankle support. Yeah. And I have, the reason why I never went anywhere in sports is I don't have a, I'm not going to go into this publicly. <laughs> <laughs> you have the, the I boots. need, I need ankle support. Okay. The little shorts. No, I don't. But you wear like the, the, um, it's like a big, uh, diaper kind of thing to block, you know, it's like, yeah. well, you know, like, yeah, when you're. Olympic boxing and amateur boxing and anybody that's not a pro, I mean, I guess pros are wearing cups inside their shorts, but like, you know, when you're just at a gym and you're going to spar, you put on this thing that protects your groin and then you put on headgear. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you would not want to no, get a low course, blow. No, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be bad. And then wraps and gloves? Gels over their knuckles and then wraps. Gels? And then tape and then gloves. Really? Gosh. I suppose you've got to be careful with with the hands. I do, but that's also like, you know, 
once you learn how to like really properly wrap and then my coach really wants me wearing these like it's like an extra gel thing over the knuckles yeah for that reason mm. but like I, I fucked up my hands when I first started boxing because you get you you know the, the human hand isn't really built for this which mm. is why we wear gloves but when you first start boxing you might be that idiot who sees a heavy bag and just goes up to it and starts punching it with nothing on your hands yeah which is what I did and I damaged oh, my hands nice. early on once you you know, it's it's like a lot of things. It's kind of like more dangerous before you know what the fuck you're doing. And then when you know a little bit of what you're doing, there's like if you go to a shitty boxing gym, there'll be these heavy bags that like feel like they've got cement in the bottom of them because the stuffing has all gone to the bottom. And like mm. you can really, roof. you can hurt yourself that way too. But you just learn, you know, what to avoid. And What's fuck. your basic training regime then because I, I i love the little ones that they have in the sorry i keep saying little they're actually like probably quite big and and terrifying but those ones that hang from the ceiling and you kind of like wrap them with your knuckles speed bags speed bags they're so cool <laughs> i feel like you're you're trying to be interested in boxing no you're... i've gone boxing i used to yeah. do a boxing class uh every wednesday five till six on it in my old job they paid for it and it was with this uh Geezer, mm. Paul, his name was Paul, All right. Paul, Paul from Islington, and uh, he said, I, I watch Ollie Oaks, and I just, I do sit-ups while I watch Ollie Oaks, and that was, that was Paul, I mean, so it's, I really it's enjoyed like, it, he said I had a very good right cross, Yeah. my favourite combination was left right, left cross, hang on, wait, left right, left hook, right cross, duck, right cross. Yep, good stuff. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feigning interest, mm, even yeah. though England are currently playing a football match <laughs> and we're missing it. I'm honestly not. <laughs> yeah, speed speed bag is a fun one. That's a, that's a musical one. You know, that's something yeah. that if you like, I was good at that in the beginning. I think just from doing a little bit of drums. Mm. That's very rhythmic. the The hard one is the double end bag, which is the one that's sort of got a string above it and a string below it. Oh yeah. That moves like crazy. You got to learn how to use that one so what do you do you mostly do bag work or pad work or is it like i do whatever my trainer wants to do which right. these days is kind of um more footwork mm. more footwork and head and now like getting i'm doing a lot more sparring these days and kind of really working on defense yeah. i think i'm good my offense is good i just need to you know because i suppose that's footwork. the bit people forget isn't it about boxing is that you do have to, so much about it is like having your center of balance right and getting your footwork correct because when you think of boxing you just think of the fists yeah and also like the power doesn't matter and so if you have like natural power that you can get kind of like you can fall in love with it and the feeling that you know you're gonna break down a wall but when you get in with a real experienced fighter like it actually doesn't matter like power is very easy to see coming if you're sort of loading up or it also can make you kind of like freeze after you throw and the much more effective boxers it's much more just about speed and precision and just kind of like snappy punches mm. rather than like really like uh, uh. yeah or you got to set up your power punches with a lot of sort of non-power punches and so i've i'm kind of the style where it's like every shot is heavy and i need to learn to not throw every shot heavy yeah like it's about pulling back as well isn't it it's, it's everything about pulling back yeah because a good fighter just if you throw and leave your hand out like anyone who knows what they're doing will just block it and counter over your punch mm. and like that was very humbling when i i I was in there with some guy whose name is Pop, who's a, that's his nickname, but he's a, you know, a foot shorter than me, 10 years older than me, <laughs> ex-pro, and I just remember, like, I'd throw a jab, and every time i throw a jab, he'd just punch me in the face, and I was like, <laughs> how is this happening? Like, what, what's going on right now? Like, I don't, 
I don't even understand what I'm doing wrong. All I know is every time I try and hit this guy with a jab, he punches me in the face. And it was, he was just timing my jab and I wasn't bringing it back to my face fast enough. And he was teaching me a lesson. That was hilarious. He's amazing. Yeah. So like learning how to box and learning the kind of intricacies of the sport and the, and the technique has given you a greater interest in watching it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you yeah. like one of those people that like narrates boxing matches now you know what's going on you're like oh that was a bad left cross oh he didn't pull his arm back there I mean I would only if I was watching with someone who also knew because I feel like for other people like they <laughs> if they don't see it it's not fun for them to be instructed as to what yeah. it is that's happening I think people just want to take away what they think they're taking away mm. what I think is like a really beautiful thing about the sport that I've like articulated someone once was that it really kind of like at a certain level it kind of comes down to like inches and fighters like Floyd Mayweather and stuff like anybody like in an elite level like really understands that where it's like you can just be there's like footage I think of when Floyd was with Conor McGregor and like Conor McGregor's jab just like touches Floyd's nose and it's like Floyd knows exactly where he is and if you're in there with a better fighter they can just time you so that when you cross that threshold where you're an inch too close they just snap their their punch out and like can, can hit you mm. and you feel like they're always out of your range but you're always within their range and it's because they're manipulating those distances that are just they really come down to like an inch better than you like they can just see how you rock in and out of range it's really i don't know shit like that's fascinating it's also i think it's a lot like studying dance yeah so if you have any interest in kind of learning things about body control i think it's very rewarding that way because you you start off looking like shit in the same way that if you go to a, like a samba class and like there's a mirror and like you look like shit mm. at first for a long time. And then one day you look in the mirror and you're like, holy shit, like I think I almost look like someone who's dancing the samba. The same thing kind of goes for boxing and there's so much subtlety to it that there's just always ways that you can improve. And then you have that reward of looking in the mirror and be like, oh, like, wow, I don't, I don't look terrible like I did for the first five years anymore. Does your coach make you box in the mirror? Uh, no, I mean, but there's always mirrors and in, in no, boxing gyms. Because used to do that. He used to make us like look at look at ourselves in the mirrors. We were like jabbing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's an idea there is also like you gotta quote change your address every time you throw a punch. You can't ever be in the same spot. So oh, part of that right. drill might yeah. be like wherever you see your fist is going, like move your fucking head as soon as you do that, mm. or as soon as you are done doing that. And when you're watching, change your address. You can't be standing there. Is that what you're, how your that's, coach that's not That's one, another coach. Like, I've worked with a couple dudes now. Change your address, man. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're watching, are there any, like, fighters that you've taken things from that you've watched in the ring and you've kind of been like, oh, I'm going to take that back into my sparring? I'm going to steal that. I mean, you do. Again, I think, like, in the same way it would be with a dancer, someone mm. that inspires you or just gives you some insight because they do one particular thing. Like, maybe there's a thing all boxers do, but you never noticed it until someone does it a certain way that really you're like, oh, my God, that's beautiful the way they're doing it. Um, yeah, Floyd has a couple moments like that for me. Floyd, he'll, like, he'll lean forward to the left like he's going to throw a, a lead left, and mm. then he'll just throw out his right hand instead, and you see it fucks people up all the time. It's beautiful. It's really a nice move. And um, Canelo's a beautiful fighter. Who's Canelo? I don't know Canelo. Canelo's the biggest name in boxing. He's oh, okay, the. Uh, God, so I'm letting myself down, aren't I? He's uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, who's Mexican. And he's got, you know, Mexico on his back. So he's the biggest pay per view draw in boxing. That's why we say he's the biggest right, name in boxing. Okay, yeah. I mean, I love, I love um, Anthony Joshua. So mm, he's yeah. also up there. But I think as far as pay per view generating money, Canelo's the biggest. 
and he's just a beautiful fighter. He's a Mexican guy and beautiful fighter. But okay. he's going to fight my favorite fighter in September. Who's it's your favorite fighter? Gennady, Gennadievich Golovkin. Oh, wow. Triple G. <laughs> Do you like tennis? Uh, I, I, like, I like watching Wimbledon. Triple G is the Federer of boxing. Right, okay. Gotcha. He's nasty, but he's all class. He's just classy. Never talks shit. Never is anything but a graceful uh, person in and outside the ring. Just all class. Cool. And it's a sport full of kind of like you like some of those guys are a little over the top with the with the smack talk. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a sport where you're going to make more money if you become a character like Floyd course, Mayweather yeah. kind of like put the playbook out there. So to have a fighter like Triple G who's just like, no, man, I'm, I, I don't talk shit. I don't do any. I just fight. That's what I do. And I'm polite and respectful of the sport and my opponents. Mm. And uh, and he's pretty soft spoken. He's just a cool, cool guy. How is like learning to box and kind of having that as your sort of I suppose that's your workout regime and that's like they do like to tell you stuff when you're training I find well I found anyway that's like it kind of feels like um like the sensei in Karate Kid mm -hmm. you know it's very like it means one thing about boxing but it means another about life yeah like, I feel like they like to give you like a, t a teaching when the you're training I mean, it's a sweet it's a sweet science for a reason there is there's a lot too I mean also like martial I think there's many lessons to be learned from any kind of martial art, yeah, mm. that could be applied yeah. to lots of things. How has that now having this having this boxing in your life impacted what what you do outside the ring? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know. I think I suppose little things that uh, you know, like the idea that sometimes trying harder or uh forcing things isn't the way you know like patience and strategy and presence of mind will be more advantageous than just brute force mm. and i think that's something that you know yeah i think that can you know you can't just you can't be so heavy-handed in things in life yeah uh, maybe waiting for your moment biding your time things like that but i also just kind of like the fact that like with a sport like boxing or martial arts that have been around for thousands of years and they've been refined for thousands of years, it's, I feel like it's a real kind of like a blessing and a privilege to sort of be trained by someone who's like at an elite level, you know, and to, to be shown this thing that's ancient and like it really is like wisdom passed down for all these generations. And then like the human body is, you know, it's the same form. So these things, it's like it's like a real, they've figured some shit out that just can't really be refuted, you know, through trial and error over many, many years. Like this is the most effective way to throw hands, as we say. And I think that's, there's something really fascinating about that, that like you might have your own ideas of how these things should be done, but like this shit has been thought about for thousands of years and then trial by fire for thousands of years. Yeah. So just trust what they're telling you because yeah. that is the way to do this thing. And I think that's, there's something, the clarity of that is, is rewarding in this confusing and mysterious world. <laughs> yeah, I definitely always go into things where I'm like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just going to smack it really hard. And then you're like, oh no, it's got it so wrong. <laughs> totally, totally. So that there is, I do like that kind of sensei relationship. Yeah, I totally. Do like and then for anyone listening who's like, oh, I really want to give boxing a try now. What would be your tips? 
There's a big YouTube thing going on with uh, this uh, Logan Paul and KS1, oh, some no, some British YouTuber guy who's gonna they're gonna box each other. Are they? And the American dude, I saw a little clip. Like he looks kind of nice. <laughs> he looks like he might he might know what he's doing. I mean, they both know a little bit about what they're doing, actually. Uh, but the American guy, Logan Paul, I think it is. I don't know. He might just be a natural athlete. But the clip I saw of him, like this. What's this guy's name? KSR one or something? I have no idea what we're talking about. He's a huge YouTuber in England. He's like the biggest one. You know? Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well he's a big. He's like the biggest YouTube guy. Okay. And he's gonna fight some American YouTube guy. I know the American YouTube guy because he did that terrible thing in the forest. The forest of suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Got an article. KSI versus Logan Paul fight daily. Yeah. But they both actually look, you know, for guys that aren't, you know, from boxing. I'll, yeah, I'll pay they, to see that fight. Like they actually they've got way more money than any of us. And those time to YouTube train. Stars. Yeah, yeah. They've probably got Merriweather training them. Well, he did. KSI had Floyd Mayweather's dad training him. Oh, there you go. <laughs> In one clip I saw. Yeah. <laughs> but like just normal people who aren't YouTube rich. Right, do you find a local boxing gym or can you go learn it? In, I don't know. What, what was the best way of starting out? Oh, well, one thing I think that discourages a lot of people is I think people are intimidated about the idea of walking into a boxing gym uh, mm. when they know nothing. But like my experience, and I've actually like I look for boxing gyms all around the world on tour, and so I have a, like a little database, and I've visited a lot of them, and all the ones that I like, uh, they're totally welcoming. You know, as long as you want to come in there, if you want to come in there and act like a tough guy, then someone's going to kick your ass, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's an also a kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Um. But if you come in there like with humility to learn the sport of boxing, then any decent boxing gym worth its salt will be very welcoming and accommodating to anybody, no matter what age or sort of physical dimensions they have or experience. Like if you want to learn boxing, a good boxing gym will welcome you. So I feel like people shouldn't be intimidated by walking into one. And do you need to take your own gloves? Yes, I do. Yeah. I have them here. Yeah. Do you? I box today. Oh, There's a gym right around the corner. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. Oh, gym box. Gym box. It's right right next door. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was stoked. It says exactly what it says on the tin. Um, no, just because I've used um, gym, gym zone wraps and gloves in the past, and it makes your hands smell like salt and vinegar crisps. Oh, you mean used gloves? Yeah. Urr, yeah. <laughs> no, no bueno. Yeah. No, you gotta, you got, and you should put your own gloves in front of a fan afterwards as well. And really? Yeah, yeah. How do you make them stop smelling? Well, if you use rental gloves, they're gonna smell, and your hands are gonna smell. If mm. you use your own wraps and you just wear them once and wash them and air out your gloves, and you should be good. Pro tip. Pro tip right there. <laughs> Free of charge. Thank you very much. Thank you. A big thanks to Paul for that chat. Interpol's new album, Marauder, their sixth studio album, is out this Friday. You have been listening to Talk the Line. I'm Jen Long. This is a podcast from the line of Best Fit, produced by Paul Bridgewater with original music by Seams. We upload a new episode every other Monday. You can follow us on social media. You could leave us a nice review or you can subscribe to this podcast and we'll see you very soon.